Hi! Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show Podcast. On today's episode, Dakota Community Center has an accessible outdoor hockey rink. Fully accessible. I caught up with two Paralympians who are at the unveiling and all the great things they have to say about what this can mean for the community. And then Kelly Moore kind of takes over. You'll hear his chat with Mike Miller, the special teams ace for the Bombers, who has been re-signed for two years, as well as the newest member of Valor FC, Stephen Hoyle. That's all on the podcast. At the Dakota Community Center. I'd never been there. I'd driven by it before, but I never stopped in. It is gorgeous. Helps that Jonathan Taves has donated a bunch of money to it, of course. But today they opened their first fully accessible outdoor rink with help from Jumpstart, the Canadian tire charity. $680,000 for this edition. It's in the forest directly behind the new Dakota Fieldhouse. And it's great. I got a look at it today. And it's the first of its kind in Manitoba. Features plexiglass inserts within the player and penalty boxes. So people that use a sledge can see out specific height considerations for gates, entryways for ease of access on and off the ice. They flood the land between the rink and the door. So you could hop on your sled from the door and just go out on this little flat ice and go onto the rink. And the rink itself is 85 feet by 200 feet. It's a full size pad and it's really nice. And so to mark the opening, two para ice hockey team members were there. Greg Westlake and Dominic Cozzolino. So we'll start with my chat with Greg, the 32-year-old captain of the national team. Took home silver in South Korea, bronze in Sochi, and gold in Torino. How long have you been playing sledge hockey? Uh, sledge hockey since I was 15, so the better part of you know 17 years now. And uh, I played stand-up hockey before that, so it's really been kind of a lifelong journey for me in all sorts of hockey. You uh, had your feet amputated at a very young age. Yeah, I was 18 months old when my feet were amputated, but I, I learned to skate, uh, stand up on my two-hour fish legs when I was three years old. Uh, I, I just went to the local rink. I, I did mom and tot skating, and uh, I loved it. Like That was always just... Uh, always what I did and I moved a lot as a kid and so for me playing hockey it was my way of making friends and it was my way of, of learning a new community and so you know I lived in Ottawa I lived in Winnipeg I, li- I lived in Toronto I lived all over and every time I moved the first thing my parents would do is sign me up for the in the local hockey program and so that's where I made all my friends. So imagine now a kid in your shoes having an opportunity like this rink being able to go out and make friends like this. Well yeah it's incredible and what I love most is when you look at the ice right now you have teenagers you have kids you have boys you have you have girls you, you have able bodied you have disabled and, and, and they've created this safe space where anyone can come feel welcomed and be involved in sport and I've noticed that there are able-bodied people on the sleds too well that's just it and, and, and everybody wants to try it but not necessarily every able-bodied kid's gonna go buy a sled and so when a community makes the investment in, in those types of things you really open a lot of people's eyes because people will get in it they'll try it they'll love it then maybe they tune into one of our games and that really help, helps our development as well so you, you know it's a uh, it's pretty special, and when you look at the people trying the sleds for the first time, they love it. Everybody has a smile ear to ear, and I can't wait to go get out there with them. When you made that transition from ice hockey to sledge hockey, what was the biggest learning curve? Uh, just the sled, because, because I knew where to be on the ice. You know, If you want to score goals, go to the net. And I, I knew where to be, but I couldn't get there. And so, so there's, this, there's this incredibly frustrating moment when you start playing sledge hockey where 
you know where to go and what to do, but you're not physically capable of doing it. And so over time, you slowly start being able to get to the spots you want to be in. You start falling over less and, and all those things. And then you start really enjoying the sport and it starts to become fun. But there is a steep learning curve at first. So what's your strongest quality on the ice now? Now my strongest quality? Boy, I don't know. Um, I try to be pretty well-rounded. I don't know. Um, I've always just wanted to play in every situation. I love ice time, so if I can get on the power play, awesome. If I have to kill penalties, I'll do it. Um, really don't care. Just give me ice time. What's the one thing you want people to, to learn, know about sledge hockey players that maybe they haven't known from not watching before? Just that it's no different than... than than stand-up hockey it's you know you have you you have your high level athletes that represent Canada and, and play at the Paralympic level and you have your grassroots level which, which are kids that are out there just having fun and and they're both equally as important but it's just like stand-up hockey where it's uh it's everything there's high performance there's grassroots there's rec league there's there, there's highly competitive league there's it's full contact it's it's for boys and girls it's for all age groups and and once people start realizing that and, and programs like this really help um you know, everybody can enjoy the game of hockey. And you've been to a number of Paralympics. How do you feel representing your country seeing something like this today? It's pretty awesome. You know, Canada is, is a world-leading country in the space of Paralympics. Uh, you know, we're such an adaptive country. We're such an accessible country. And that's one thing I've learned since I've traveled a lot, you know, whether I go to Paralympic Games in Russia or, or you know, all over. But I can tell you, we, we have it really good in Canada. And we do some amazing things. And, and we should be proud of ourselves for making these efforts to change people's lives. Well, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much. There's also Causalino. That was Greg Westlake, captain of the Paralympic ice hockey team. Cozzolino, 24 years old, a bit of a rising star from Mississauga, also got to experience the Paralympics for the first time last winter. So uh, I had a spinal cord injury when I was 14 playing stand-up hockey. Um, I had a, a compression fraction of my L1 and L2 vertebrae, so they told me that I might never walk again, let alone um, get on skates again. So for me to find sledge hockey and, and just continue to do the thing that I've always loved since I was little um, was really special for me. How long have you been uh, playing sledge hockey? Um, I started in, I think, 2011 or 2012 and um, immediately fell in love with it. I mean, I've, I've always loved hockey, so just uh, transitioning over to sledge hockey was, was pretty special for me. Have you been able to experience the Paralympics? I have. I've been to one Paralympics. It was an awesome experience. I mean, anytime you get to pull that um, Canada jersey over your shoulders is, is a special feeling, um, let alone doing it on the biggest stage. So. Yeah, it was an amazing experience for me, and, and I hope to get a few more under my belt. So when you see this rink here, wh what do you think of this? Uh, this is amazing. Something like this means so much for the community, and, and even for, for us as players. I mean, to see to see this amount of work put in, and, and the, the payoff will be huge. I mean, you never know when, when you're going to find the next Paralympic or Olympic athlete out on that ice discovering what they love to do. And it looks like people have the opportunity, even if they are able-bodied, to strap on the sled. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, um, we want to showcase our sport. We we think we think sledge hockey is one of the best sports in the world, and, and we want more people to to be able to enjoy that with us. So anytime we get to uh, to show able-bodied guys the ropes, it's it's an awesome uh, awesome experience for us. And school them too. Absolutely, I can't wait to skate circles around some guys out there. When you made that transition from ice hockey to sledge hockey. What was the biggest learning curve? Um, a lot of it is just getting a hand, handle of the sled, and, and skating's a lot different, obviously, because you're using your arms. There are a lot smaller muscles, and, and um, that's the biggest thing for sure. Other than that, it's the same game. There's the same penalties, um, same plays are made. It's, it's, it's all about getting the hang of your sled and, and what works for you. What's your best quality on the ice? 
Um, I've always been a playmaker with, with good vision and I know the game really well. So for me, it was an easy transition from stand up to sledge hockey. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hockey, you know, so um, there's not much other to say than that. How much do you want to go out and play right here? Oh, I can't wait. This is awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Dominic Cozzolino, member of the Paralympic ice hockey team, sledge hockey team, and he did immediately go grab his sled and head out on the rink there after we finished up our interview. He's not a star. He's not the marquee name on the Blue Bombers, but in football, special teams can really be an X factor, and Mike Miller is a stud when it comes to making plays on kick coverage. Led the team in special teams tackles a year ago, was right up there again this year. Not exactly a lot of glory, but a new two-year contract today for the 29-year-old fullback. Are Kelly Moore caught up with Miller after the signing? I guess it's nice to get that out of, way, out of the way rather two weeks before Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad to have it, have it done and uh, to be back with Winnipeg. With all of the free agents that are uh, out there right now, I mean, you bring the Winnipeg list down to 30. Uh, uh, was this uh, more or less a priority for you to get something done with the club sooner or later? I mean, it was always, you know, kind of like in my head that I wanted to get done sooner or later. You know, I, I knew that this, that I wanted to be back with Winnipeg and I didn't really want to, you know, test test the waters of free agency or anything like that. I knew that, you know, my family and I were really happy with being in Winnipeg. So I'm just yeah happy that it's done. And, and having gone through what you did uh, a couple of years ago with Edmonton, I guess it's kind of nice to have that security, as you mentioned, uh, from a family perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Winnipeg's been great for my family. They've uh, they've loved their time there, and so they're they're excited to be back too. I would imagine it doesn't hurt that uh, yourself and your wife are uh, the closest of friends with Matt Nichols and his wife. That off the field, I think that counts for something too, does it not? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, me, Matt, and, you know, Allie and uh, my wife, Erica, you know, have been friends for a long time. So, yeah, no, it definitely helps and definitely helps with the, the initial transition to Winnipeg as well. Now, what is the talk amongst the players, Mike? Without betraying too many confidences, you've just said yourself that you weren't all that interested in testing the free agent waters. Is there a lot of chat in general about seeing what's out there? And is that the reason for all the guys who are pending free agents right now? I, I'm not too sure uh, on, on that grounds. Um, I don't know like how things are going with the, with the CBA and stuff like that. So maybe some people are kind of shying away from it at the moment, but um, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not too sure. What about your own play over the last couple of years with the blue bombers, Mike, are you pretty happy with the way things have gone? Yeah, no, uh, you know, I'm happy. I think I feel like I've, you know, I've done what they've, they've asked of me and I feel like I'm contributing to, uh, to the team in, uh, you know, the best way that I know how to. Yeah, and, and that best way is, uh, we, we called you the Sultan of special teams because, uh, <laughs> you, you really have forged your career by being a specialist in that category, haven't you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a huge part of, uh, the Canadian football game and, you know, that's what you know everyone's asked of me to do and you know i'm happy to do it i love i love playing those best teams and that being my role what is is the mindset to get there as quickly as possible and in as bad a mood as possible or because <laughs> you do have to be somewhat in control as well well absolutely i mean it's, it's an attitude thing but like yeah like at the same time the special teams is all about field position so you can't be going out there and taking stupid penalties and stuff like that too and put her you know put a team in a bad field position so 
you know, you got to be, be smart about it, but you got to have a mindset that you're going to be in a, in a fight all the time. To the untrained eye, it seems like it's a pretty standard type of operation, but uh, with what you do here in Winnipeg, is it a little bit different with what you experienced in Edmonton or is playing special teams playing special teams, if you get what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, everyone's got different schemes and I mean, it varies from coordinator to coordinator. So, you know, you got to be able to adapt to what they want to do. But at the, at the end of the day, someone's going to be in front of you trying to block you or get in your way. And, you know, you just got to kind of win your battle. So now do you guys play rock, paper, scissors uh, on special teams to see who gets the tackles? Or how, how does it work, Mike, that you're always in the position to be among the leading special teams tacklers year after year? I don't know. No, there's no rock, paper, scissors or anything like that. It's just, like I said, it's just, you know, working hard and just trying to get down there. And, and uh, you know, this is the way that I can contribute to helping my team. And, and, and I'm, you know, going to try my hardest every time. Right. Chandler Fenner has already signed for this coming year. So do you guys kind of have a side bet because he wrestled the crown away from you in 2018? No, not at all. I know it's happy to see that Fenner did good. He, I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a special teams player and he can, he can move. So, as long as he's making those tackles for losses and putting us in a good field position, I'm happy. So, what does the off season bring for the Miller family? Do you uh, do you do things? Do you work in the off season in New Brunswick, or what kind of things do you do to keep busy, Mike? Uh, well, right now I'm just kind of occupying my son's time most of the, most of the time. So we're you know we're going skating and swimming and doing a bunch of stuff. And now my uh, my little girl too is becoming of age where you know we can bring her in the pool too. So. The two of them are doing a lot of swimming, and we're just doing a lot of family stuff and just starting to hunker down and get ready for Christmas. Right. And then uh, in the uh, after Christmas and into the new year, uh, do you stay in New Brunswick right up until the start of training camp? I do, yes. Yeah, and I do all my training here and, uh, yeah, and get ready for, for the season. So now we, have, we I don't know about your little girl because it sounds like she's the younger one, but your son uh, – uh, you say he's skating. Is he going to be a football player or hockey player, or is that still to be determined? That's going to be up to him. I mean, he's he's talking about all different kinds of sports, so it could be anything, really. And, uh, yeah, whatever he chooses would be good. Hopefully he just gets involved in everything. Right on. Hey, Mike, thanks a bunch for this. And, again, congratulations on the new deal. I appreciate it. Thanks. Skylar Thomas as a teammate. There was the initial signing of Skylar Thomas for Valor FC. A couple weeks ago, and now we know their second player, a 26-year-old Englishman named Stephen Hoyle, who has played pro soccer in New Zealand the past couple of years. CGOB Sports Director Kelly Moore caught up with Hoyle earlier today. How did the connection result between you and Rob Gale in Winnipeg and the fact that you've never met each other before? They, um, the connection began with... Um, I guess uh, me having an interest in Canadian soccer and in, and in Canada as a country as a whole. So I actually um, spent a couple of months in uh, 2013 as a 20-year-old in Canada. Uh, Ryan Nelson, he was the Toronto FC coach at the time and a Kiwi. So I came and did a little bit of training with them. And then um, uh, I also went and played a handful of games in the off-season from England and New Zealand with the Toronto Lynx, the PDL side. And then ever since then, I... Um, Really enjoyed Canada, but it didn't it didn't have the environment for me to play football. So when I heard about the CPL, I um, got in touch with a, a guy I know, a really good guy. He's, uh, he's called Josh. He's from Winnipeg. He's a local, and he runs a Canadian Premier League scouting page on uh, Instagram and Facebook and a company. He got me in touch with Rob, and then I guess it just spiraled from there. I've 
I've, I've never met Rob but in person, but when you talk to him, I'm, I'm sure if you've been in contact with him before, he's, he's, he's a pretty infectious person, and he's, he's, he's got, he's, you know, he's got grand plans for Winnipeg football and, or soccer, sorry, and, and how it's all going to go. So he was a person who, I guess, he had me hooked, <laughs> line and think straight away with how he was selling it. I know. When speaking to Rob earlier today, he he feels uh, somewhat fortunate to be able to get this deal done with you, Stephen, and. Uh, the fact that you do have other options, uh, uh, you know, it's not like it was Winnipeg or or bust for you. So uh, I guess the, that pretty much spells out how much you wanted to come and play here. Yeah, of course. I, like I said, in 2013, obviously, the MLS at the time, as a 20-year-old, that wasn't an option as an international player. It's not high-profile enough as a 20-year-old coming out of an English club and then playing in New Zealand. And, yeah, I wasn't going to be ready to play first-team football as an international in the league then. So now, as, as I got a bit older, since then I've been waiting for an opportunity, waiting for, you know, Canadian soccer to have a league and, and a professional environment. And then when it came across, I'm very lucky that it's with a, with a, with a coach like Rob, from my understanding. So from Canadian players that I've played with around the world that I speak to and friends that I know are friends of friends, uh, everyone only has good things to say about Rob Gale. So then when I got to speak to the man myself and and kind of see what his thoughts are on football and how he goes about things. And also, uh, I think it's clear with when, when Rob speaks that he um, a connection with his players and his players' best interests at heart is a big thing about his coaching. And I'm, I'm hugely about that in my own work away from playing football. And I work with junior and youth players about building good people as well as good players and people can have an impact locally. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the connection. That's why we wanted to do it. And... If if he's for, if he feels fortunate to have me, great because I feel very lucky to be a part of uh, Valor as well. So, yeah. so, so have you had a chance yet, uh, Stephen, to Google Winnipeg, find out a little bit about our city, and have you had a chance to Google Investors Group Field where you'll be playing your home games? Yeah, I have. It's a beautiful stadium, and then Winnipeg as a city, I am. Um, I've also I've also been been doing my research. I'm I'm the type of guy who I guess I guess I need to know that in in high school they used to call me Wikipedia Steve because I <laughs> I need to research. I need to look at things when I when I when I look when I when I'm committing or when I'm talking about them. So yeah, I've done a lot of reading. I, I can't remember the report. I just said in a previous interview I I read I think about a 64 page document on Winnipeg. I think it was like a census from a couple of years ago just to get a feel for everything about the city, the, you know, the, the demographic, how, how it is financially, how the different races, religions that live there, all these, all these different things, and also the, the community, the culture, you know. So it told me lots of, it told me lots of good information, and it, it seemed like there was a really strong um, community feel to Winnipeg. A lot of people were really happy to live there and, and you know, love the place they were from, and it's quite similar where I'm from in the UK. So I'm from a city up north in England, Sheffield or Barnsley, whichever you want to say, I'm in between. And, you know, some we're not the number one tourist destination in the country, but the people that we have are unbelievable people who fight for each other and look after each other. So I hope that from what I'm reading and what I'm seeing, I can get a similar feel in Winnipeg. We're uh, talking so, with yeah. Stephen Hoyle, who is the new signing of Valor FC. He's a striker with Canterbury United of New Zealand Premiership. And uh, uh, from what I understand, uh, Stephen, things have gone really well for you in New Zealand. You've really found your your touch as a goal scorer uh, in the almost three years that you've been with the team. Yeah, I actually, um, I be, uh, before the, the year before that was kind of my breakout year with Wybop United. I um, 
did really well in the Golden Boot rankings for the league and things like that. And I actually, I became a striker in 2015. So before that, I when I first, like I said, when I, before when I was in Canada, I played as a midfield player. So it was, um, yeah, a transition that I wanted to make and I wanted, I wanted to score goals. And then uh, from there, I've, I've worked hard and my teammates that I've been fortunate enough to play with have created me opportunities to score. And I always say, if you're getting opportunities, you even if you miss, you're going, you're going to score goals as well. So... Um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to do, and now I'm now I'm trying to challenge the goal scoring record and the ability to, you know, do things in a different environment with with Valor and with Winnipeg in Winnipeg. That's that's what I want to do. So, will you juggle the two seasons then? Like, would the plan be after your FC season is done here, will you go back to New Zealand, or how does that work, Stephen? Um, that's something I have to discuss with Rob and the club, but it's a. Um, it's definitely a good, it's definitely a positive option for me to look at. I'm a resident in New Zealand and I think I need to spend three months actually after I come to Valor uh, back in New Zealand just um, to solidify that for life, so to make it permanent. So there's, um, there's that as well. So, um, yeah, I'll speak, to, I'll speak to Rob and see what's happening. I've also been playing back-to-back seasons with the travel and with the football for quite a while now, so... Uh, I, might, I might have a little holiday first. I might have a month where I go and see some of North America or even South America, a little bit of travel with the girlfriend and then get straight back into football. So I definitely won't have the entire time that the CPL is not running away from football, but whether I jump straight back into a season is, you know, I might need a month first. Right. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd yeah. say you've probably earned it. Hey, listen, thanks a bunch for doing this. Uh, what's the timetable now? We, is it right, right around mid to late March that you would expect to get here? It is. It is. So I, I could be as, uh, obviously I want to go as far as I can with Canterbury United. The league, the final, the league grand final is late March. The playoffs begin the 15th of March. So we have a window there with, with, what I can do and when I can get there. So it all depends on how we do. I'll have, you know, I'll have a flexible flight loaded and ready to go. And then uh, if I don't know, if I can get to Valor earlier, it's exciting for me to join that earlier, but it'll also be disappointing because it means I've not left Canterbury United the way I wanted to leave it. So the best, the best possible solution for me is to go out with a bang and win the New Zealand Premier League and then come and come and play for Valor. So yeah, we'll, we'll see with the time frame, but I'm hoping to come in. Uh, match fit and ready to go and then I know that if I've missed some of pre-season I need to work really hard to straight away get immerse myself with the team and gain the trust and friendships with my teammates and get ready to you know get going and put some real work in when the when the season opener comes down. You bet well I'll tell you what it'd be absolutely phenomenal if you were able to come here as a champion and start your career uh, here in Winnipeg that way so we'll keep our fingers crossed for you for that even though it means you get here a little later. So, uh, Stephen, thanks for this, and and good luck the rest of the way with Canterbury United. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for your time. That is Stephen Hoyle, the newest member of Valor FC, talking to Kelly Moore. Tonight, the team faces a dangerous undercover mission to take down a notorious international arms dealer. It's the FBI fall finale tonight at 8 on Global. So tape it and then listen to my show first and then watch it. Can you do that? Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Yes.